Today on Locked on Horn Frogs, uh, is Chandler Morris getting more, too much hype? Should we have more questions about him? I'll talk about that next. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also find us wherever it is you get your podcast. Uh, yesterday's episode got a lot of reaction, and I appreciate all the Colorado fans who chimed in. If you missed it, you can watch uh, Tuesday's episode. But basically, I said TCU, I think, is going to roll Colorado in the season opener. Um, and I sort of laid out my reasons for that, just with all the roster turnover uh, that's coming with Coach Prime. Colorado fans understandably disagreed with me and expressed that in the comments, and that's cool. Uh, I'm going to have Kevin Borba on on Friday. We're going to record Thursday. I'll probably air Friday. And he's from Locked On uh, Buffs, which is the Colorado Locked On podcast. And so I'll chat with him more about that team and the season opener coming up. Should be a fun crossover segment. But thank you to everybody who chimed in. Um, and it, it, kind of in the mix of all those comments, there was one comment that sort of stuck, stuck out to me and caught my eye. It's from Tanner McKinney. And he says, I'm very much hoping Chandler Morris is more than just talk. If he is, I think TCU will be great. But if not, who do you think will be a better QB one? And um, it's a good statement, good question. You know, I think Chandler, there's a lot of belief in him. There's a lot of confidence in him. Obviously, he's still an unproven product, even though he's been on campus now for, um, I guess, going on three seasons, which is which is kind of fascinating. It feels like he's been around for a long time. Was named the starter out of camp last year. Beat out, beat out Max Duggan, ends up having the knee injury. Of course, I know you guys know this, but this will be the season that I think he'll be the starter. So first off, I'll address the QB1 situation. Um, the Brian Chance Nolan from Oregon State, my read on it is still that this is Chandler's job to lose. Like I think it would take a pretty poor effort by him in fall camp and a really good effort by Chance Nolan in fall camp for that to switch, right? Now, maybe during the season – We'll see what happens because, again, you're talking about a guy that doesn't have a lot of Power 5 experience, even though he's been around for a while. Um, the the concerns about Chandler are sort of twofold. There's one, which is the injury concern, which I think is valid to a certain extent, but there's also really nothing you can do about it, right? Um, now, last year's injury to me was kind of fluky. I mean, he twisted his knee. He was planning his, his foot to change direction, twists his knee in kind of an awkward position, and then ends up losing his job to Max because Max just takes the job and runs with it. Um, the year before that, they played Oklahoma State in a horrible game um, on the road in Stillwater. You know, they were just coming off that Baylor win. But anyway, like we, we know the story there. Gary Patterson had left. Um, Jerry Kills, the interim coach. They got down early, and the effort was – the effort, excuse me, was pretty terrible. And that offensive line struggled. And he got banged up and hit – and had to leave the game. Um, and he took some hard hits in that Baylor game, too, that he performed so well in. And TCU fans are optimistic about him. They hold on to that Baylor game. But I think there's more to it than just that. I feel like the fact that he won the job out of camp last year, um, the reports are that he looked really good in practice throughout the season. And in some ways, he's the more polished quarterback um, than Max was. Here's, here's where they're really going to miss Max Duggan. Max was flawed at times, even though I think he made some big strides this past season. But the leadership, the toughness, 
the intangibles were off the charts. And that wasn't just last year. You saw that throughout his career. It's why, you know, I think he eventually edged out Alex Delton for that job. It's why I think Gary gave him the nod over Chandler. Um, you know, the, the first year those guys battled it out. And you saw just how much he brought to the table from a leadership standpoint, how much the team followed him and rallied behind him, whether it was when he dragged defenders in the end zone um, against Oklahoma his freshman season, or he would just make a tough run and put his head down, or coming back and playing injured against Kansas uh, in that 2021 season, which was a total loss. Like, there was really no reason for him to play. He could have gotten surgery and, and been shut down for the year. But he played against KU. They won that game at home. He played against Iowa State. They lost that game big on the road. And then last season, we all know the stories of toughness. And, you know, obviously the Kansas State game and the Big 12 championship, the comebacks, the grit, the fact that he would really come alive in the fourth quarter. And despite his flaws, despite the fact that he would miss throws sometimes, he would miss easy throws at times, he held the ball too long. I mean, there were games last year where, honestly, Max didn't play super well. Like Texas Tech comes to mind where Tyree uh, – um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the Texas Tech edge. That's so good. But um, Tyree was just coming off the edge and just killing him every time. And, you know, that he was struggling to make throws. But at the end of the day, like, he made the plays he had to make. And because of the way the team responded to him, because of the fact that he was such a gamer, even given the fact that he was inconsistent at times, he kept that job, had a fantastic season, was a Heisman finalist, all the things. So I'm not saying Chandler Morris can't do that. I just haven't really seen him in an environment where he's been the unquestioned QB1 leader of the team. So I think that's going to be the biggest question that has to be answered. As far as being a quarterback, I mean, I think we, we, we've we seen the arm talent in the past. Um, he's accurate. He can really sling it. You know, we saw that in that Baylor game a few years ago. I feel like with Kendall Brown, he's going to be in a quarterback-friendly offense that's going to try to run the ball and keep him ahead of the chains. Um, he has escapability. He has the ability to get out of the pocket and make plays. I feel like Chandler Morris is going to be successful as TCU's quarterback. I don't think he's getting overhyped. I don't think there's things here that we're missing. However, the leadership, the intangibles, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just haven't seen it from him because we haven't had an opportunity to see him you know, in this role for an extended period of time. But that was what Max did so well that set him apart. You know, there's that famous quote from Steve Avila, um, TCU guard is now with the L.A. Rams. And it was actually an article that uh, Bruce Feldman wrote. And it was about C.J. Stroud and um, Will Levis and Bryce Young and some of the top quarterbacks in the draft. But one of the questions that scouts had about Will Levis coming out of college was, okay, is this a guy that can, like, really lead a team? And uh, a quarterback's coach in the NFL said that Steve Oslo was talking to him, and he was like, "We would like you don't understand how much we love Max Duggan. We would die for this guy." And he was like, "Yeah, I get it." He's like, "No, you really don't get it. Like you don't understand how much love a team has for this dude." And so they're going to miss him, and those are big shoes to fill. But I think Chandler's equipped to do it. Um, and, and as far as you know, the leadership and the toughness and all that—that's only going to come if he comes. That's only going to happen if he comes through in games, right? It really took another level. It went up to another level this year because Max found a way to win games. He led that team to victory. He willed that team to victory at times. They had comeback wins against Oklahoma State, against Kansas State. Um, you know, they had the huge win against Texas where they didn't play super well on offense, but they made enough plays to get it done. And so that's that's going to be the key. 
But I think Chandler's QB1. I think he's going to be good. I'd love to hear from you guys in the comments on YouTube or you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Simcox Steven. Uh, the show is at Locked On TCU. When we come back, uh, TCU basketball is after a couple big men in the portal. And we'll talk about that next. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention Built Bar. Built Bar, one of our great sponsors. Um, you know, I've said this in the past. We're coming up like towards the midway point of the year in some ways. We're in May. And so if, you, if you're sitting here you're like, man, I need to find some healthier options for me. I made a commitment in 2023. It's not working out. Built Bar is a good place to start. Good protein option. Uh, obviously, it's protein bars. So you're going to get plenty of that. But also carbs, um, limited sugar intake, only 180 or 190 calories. And one of the great things about Built Bar right now, you can still go to BuiltBar.com and get it very conveniently on the web. But also check out your local Sam's Club. Go to Walmart. Go to the pharmacy section. And they should have Built Bars there. So exciting news. Built Bar is now in more retail stores as well. You can get it at your neighborhood grocery store as well as online. BuiltBar.com. Order the new flavors today. They have a new peanut butter flavor they're rolling out right now. Um, that's really exciting. I'm supposed to get some in the mail soon, so I'll let you know what I think of those. Built Bar, best tasting protein bar around, um, and it, it doesn't make you feel guilty about eating it either. Built Bar, proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So the uh, the transfer portal window for basketball ended at midnight last night. Now, that doesn't mean that teams cannot add players anymore, but what it means is, in theory, nobody else should be entering the portal. You might see a few players trickle in, um, in the next few days, or just at least announce, like, hey, I'm entering the portal. But the movement should slow down significantly as we kind of come to a halt here um, in this portal window. TCU uh, has landed some good players. Uh, Essa Mafasa, the, the uh, big man from Coastal Carolina. Um, they've also landed Jameer Nelson Jr. from Delaware, the guard who averaged about 20 points a game last year. Avery Anderson, the guard from Oklahoma State, who averaged 10 points a game last year. Um, Trey Tennyson, the guard from Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who shot about 40% from three last season. Excited about him and what he can bring to the table. There's a couple big men that they're after now. They haven't, you know, other than, than Eastham, they haven't landed another big guy. And so at the moment you have uh, Eastham and then Xavier Cork, who's coming back. And I like Xavier Cork. I thought he struggled towards the end of the year. I really felt like he gave them good minutes, you know, last season in, in limited action. So maybe his role will be a little diminished this year, especially if they bring in one more big and he can give them more quality minutes when he's on the floor. But a couple of big men that they're after in the portal. One is Warren Washington. Warren Washington, you might recognize that name. He played at Arizona State last year, averaged nine points and six rebounds per game. Uh, against TCU, had a good game uh, in the tournament. 11 points, was four of eight from the field, three of three from the free throw line, had eight rebounds, four blocks. Washington's a, a capable scorer, but really where he gets it done is on the defensive end. He's a great shot blocker, great rim protector, and TCU could use that. They did not really have that last year. So Washington is super athletic, you know, big force on the inside, um, stands at seven feet tall. Uh, so he's a legit seven-footer, which is exciting. He visited TCU. He also visited Texas Tech. And, um, I mean, it's a pretty good list that Washington has. He's also looking at Oklahoma State, Memphis, and Michigan. This would be a big get if you could land him. He's been around a little bit. He was at Oregon State to start his career. Then he was at Nevada for three years. Spent last year at Arizona State. So he's been around college basketball, kind of making some different stops, um, looking to finish up his career in one more spot. And so one year of Warren Washington, I think would be really exciting to give you rim protection, 
who gives you a capable score down low. He's athletic. He's not somebody that's afraid to run the floor. You saw Arizona State last year. Their athleticism was pretty high. They were trying to get up and down the court at a good clip. And so um, I think he's somebody that could run with this team, which we saw last season Jamie Dixon wanted to do that. I think that's the same recipe for the team this year with all these ball handlers and guards he has bringing in. He wants to push the pace. He wants to play good defense. And so Washington fits that bill. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I think Texas Tech is going to be a force in this one. Obviously, Memphis and Michigan would be good destinations as well. But feels like TCU should have a good shot here. Grant McCaslin took that job at Texas Tech. He's a former North Texas coach, so they're kind of changing over, and they have a new coaching staff, uh, which is which will be interesting to watch. The other big men, Zubi Ajayfor, um, who was originally from Garland, and he was a, a top 60 player in the country. He's 50, he ranked 57th nationally coming out of high school. Um, he was a 2022 player, so he just had one season at Kansas. Kansas is where he's coming from. I guess I should have said that first. But originally a four-star commit. His stats at Kansas, not really worth looking at. He didn't play much at all. He averaged about five minutes a game. So really just over two points a game. But um, Zuby was a, a highly ranked player out of high school, obviously going to KU. Makes sense. Didn't see a lot of playing time there for Bill Self. So his list, he is planning to visit TCU on May 27th. So this is kind of down the line. Um, Villanova, St. John's, TCU, San Diego State. So interesting little list here. I think TCU will have a good shot. Now, San Diego State is coming off a national championship appearance. Um, and then you also have St. John's, which Rick Patino just took that job. And Villanova, who even though Jay Wright's not there anymore, is a big-time brand in college basketball. But I, I think this would be a huge uh, land as well. Kind of different players. If you get Washington, then I think you get a more polished big man at the moment. Um, and somebody who could impact immediately, but you're probably you're only getting one year of eligibility. If you get Zuby, then you got a guy who has a ton of potential, real high ceiling, great size at 6'8, 215 pounds, um, can play the five, can play the four, would get immediate minutes, I think, here at TCU. So those are the two big men that they're after in the portal to add to this guard rotation. Really need to land somebody. I don't feel super comfortable with the depth there. Um, at, at the you know front court at the moment. Need somebody to come in and sort of supplant this transfer class. But I feel like Jamie Dixon's done a good job overall in the portal and has landed some pretty uh, pretty salty players so far. We'll wrap things up in a minute. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. Okay, final thing for you, just something to watch on your Wednesday. So D1 Baseball will come out with their field of 64 projections. I'll have some thoughts about that maybe on Thursday. Um and so basically we'll see if TCU's back in the mix after taking two out of three from Cal State Fullerton. They play Baylor at home this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, your typical weekend series. Did not have a midweek game this week, didn't play yesterday. Uh, one more thing, and I have a crossover episode with Jake Hatch from Locked On uh, Cougars, the BYU podcast. So one of the new opponents for TCU. We're going to see how they're feeling coming out of the spring. He'll ask me some questions about TCU as well. And we'll have Kevin Borba on Friday talking about Colorado after I kind of shook the uh, Coach Prime Hornet's nest uh, on yesterday's episode. Thank you for joining us. This is Locked on uh, Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.